better. I don't know what you just, yeah. It's gone off again. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Technical difficulties in Zoom land. All right, I'm sure that now it's up and roaring. With that said, Black Lions Domain, kids, welcome back to Breakfast in Black Lions Domain. I actually have had three, or, or so far, two uh, lovely guests, and now I have a third. And this is the second of an unexpected three from uh, Australia. So Zachary Shiloh kids is down in the land down under. So uh, I'm talking to a multiple times of best-selling author and much, much more by the name of Terry Tonkin. Uh, how are you, love? I'm very well, thank you. And yes, I'm speaking from Brisbane, Australia. It's 7.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. So, and a beautiful day today, no storms. Woo, I love that. That's <laughs> great. All right, so we met by way of one David Vine, who was an actual co-author of mine in a book called uh, They Are Magic. So David brought me on for this book that he was doing called Igniting the Passion, as I laid out in multiple episodes of this blessed show. And he wanted me to just contribute somehow. I didn't know how originally, because I was busy with a different book he helped inspire called Letters of Love. I was in the second generation. He was in the first one. So I'm doing my thing and he just pulls me aside and just says, okay, I would like for you to join this book that I'm doing. I said, okay, why not? So I off the races we went and here we are <laughs> nearly, several, <laughs> nearly a year later uh, for what it feels like to me, but for this beautiful hunt and uh, the previous one, the unicorn love as I call her, uh, Trish Springsteen has been over a year, David Barnes. Mm -hmm. Shame, 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 shame for holding these two beautiful hunts hostage, you crazy son of a gun, <laughs> crazy son of a gun, but I love you, you know I say it out of love, I don't mean it to actually cuss you out completely, I love you. <laughs> Us right. are tough, we'll, we can take it. Oi, oi, oi. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oi, 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 yes y'all are. Okay, so with that said, dear, it's been quite a journey has uh, igniting the passion, and we'll get to that yes. point sometime in this episode. Let's focus on you, my beloved short hair. Mm -hmm. uh, can you please give my listeners your background here? Oh, wow. Where do I start? Wherever you want. I've been around the planet quite a few years. Um, had quite a varied career. When I finished my high schooling, which is 12 years of schooling here in Australia, um, I actually joined the military. I joined the, what was the Women's Royal Australian Air Force. Later that integrated into the Royal Australian Air Force and I served for just over three years. I met my husband after four of being in the Air Force, and we're still together many, 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 many years later. Nice. Slight, slight dinosaurs there. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm actually very fortunate. Um, then when I left the military, I went back into retail, as I had done 
whilst I'd been at school. So I did retail. I taught swimming lessons. I joined one of our major four banks over here and did 14 years with them. Mm -hmm. The bank, I went into youth work and I was working with young people that were leaving school and helping them transition either into further education, training or employment. And I did that for a bit over five years and absolutely loved that, working with the young people and setting them up for their, their future. Oh. Help find a career and helping them sustain it, but also letting them know that getting a job wasn't necessarily having a career, but getting a job would help them set up their path for the future. So... That was an amazing five years. And from there, I actually went and worked for the Commonwealth Government Department that funded those programs. Oh. So jumped sides. And I ended up being what we call a contract manager for the organisations that were delivering the youth programs. So instead of working on the face to face, I was actually working behind and working with the organisations, which many of the organisations I'd worked with as a youth provider. So I was able to do that for 10 years. There was a change in government here. All the programs were disbanded. And um, unfortunately, they put me into an area that I was not, it was not conducive with me. I didn't like it at all. I was very fortunate. I was able to take a redundancy package. Uh, took about 18 months to want to people again. Mm -hmm. The situation had become quite toxic, but that's okay. Moved on. So then I went and did some volunteering and I was working at a local neighbourhood centre doing literacy tutoring for migrants. So I was helping um, one woman in particular actually learn to read and write English. She could speak it. She could write letters write simple words, but she was unable to read to any extent. So for 12 months, I worked with her. And by the time we finished, she was able to read a recipe and she loved to cook. So that was what we focused on, was something that she loved so that she had the interest in reading. And I also did assisted reading with my grandson's school. So going into the classroom and, and helping kids learn to read. And that was a bit of an eye-opener for me. Um, my grandson was in grade three, so he would have been six, seven, eight, eight or nine. And um, there were many children in his class who couldn't read even at that stage, and they'd been at school for three or four years. So it was disheartening to see that they couldn't read, but at the end of the year it was lovely to see that they could read or they had improved. So that was... Um, heartwarming that one oh. I decided I'd go back and study and uh, I took on life coaching and did uh, an 18 month course in life coaching during that time I started my business in coaching uh, and workshops facilitated workshops did one-to-one -one coaching did some group presentations I also started a networking group so I was sitting at home by myself, trying to learn business, really didn't know where to ask for help. So I started a networking group called Women Embracing Business. Uh -huh. 
group was set up for support, encouragement and collaboration. And I had that for three years and passed that on to one of, um, one of the founding members earlier this year. So that was wonderful as well. Some beautiful collaborations came out of that group and some wonderful support networks and connections. Whilst I was doing all of that, um, I decided in 2018, when I'd finished my coaching, I contacted my book coach and said, okay, I'm ready, ready to write that book that I've wanted to write since I was little. And she said, why now? And I said, I've run out of excuses. <laughs> As an author, I'm sure you'll understand there's always, there's a list of excuses, always. So I wasn't full-time into my coaching because I also become carer for my mum. Uh, so I'd run out of, literally run out of excuses. I was in a position financially where I could take time to do it. I had time on my hands. Um, yeah, there were no more excuses. So I started in her 90-day mentoring program and with the aim of being a published author within 90 days. Three weeks, we didn't write. We just did that brain dump, clear the head, set up what we, what our objectives were, why were we writing it, who were we writing it for, all of that set up stuff. And, writing, and within 25 days, I had the shell of my, well, I had my manuscript basically. And then it went, in, went out to beta readers, editing, all of those sorts of things. And on day 90, I hit publish. So I did that through KDP, Kindle Direct, which was, I think, Create Space back then. Mm. I became an author. It was this little gem. My time to, oh, there we go. My time to shine. I don't know if you can see that. It's not coming up very clear from my side. Nah, but I get the point. My Time to Shine. Um, it's basically my memoir. And I wrote that so, like I said, my mum had gone into care and I wanted her to be able to read it before she became too ill. And she did. So, uh -huh. um, and I wrote it for my kids and my grandkids, really. I wrote it for me, but for my family. Um, there's my, both my mum and dad have now passed. Um, I have a brother who passed. And there's only my brother and, and myself left. So I wanted our childhood to be read by his kids as well and my other brother's children and mine so that they had an understanding of what my life was like. Mm. It's zero to 60 now, thinking back, but, you know. <laughs> I guess in that it's, it's never too late to write your first book. I was 60 when I wrote my first book. And then the bug bit me. Oh, God bless you, hon. You look great for your 60s. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, so God. in 2019 is when I met David, and we were both contributing authors to a book called Business Warriors. Yeah. Taking care of working women in the 21st century. And my chapter in that one was around perception, and I actually called it Reality Check. Mm. So that... As you know, if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. And it was really making people aware that 
there's so many opportunities out there if you look at things differently. Oh. We all using our beliefs and, you know, our attitudes are based on all of those sorts of things. But if you actually take the rose-coloured glasses off and look outside, there's so many more options. So that was 2019. Uh-huh. Um, at the end of 2019, Ooh. my mum did pass away. Oh, I'm out. Thank you. I did. I took time out. I needed time to grieve. Um, so early 2020, I thought, okay, it's time to step back. So I started doing a couple of little short courses to get the, the mind stimulated. Um, my husband was then made redundant. We decided we would travel, so we went and booked a lot of travel. He was looking at retiring, but he was made redundant six months earlier. So that was okay. We'll take this as an opportunity. Thank you very much, universe. We'll go and do our travel. A month later, that virus hit and all our travel was cancelled. Mm. Like, okay, where, where do I go now? What do I do? A friend of mine contacted me and she said, I've just written... Um, a chapter for this book. She's looking for authors for the next one. Would you be interested? Why not? I've got time. So then along came Change Makers, Volume 3. And my chapter in that was the the basis for that book. There's 25 authors in that one. The basis for that one was what impact have you had, what influence have you had, or how have you influenced others? So in that book, I talked about my networking group and, again, that support, encouragement and collaboration and what had come out of mm-hmm. that group. So that was a beautiful opportunity. And another opportunity came along. I was contacted by a past colleague um, putting this book together on mindset. Are you interested? And I said, are you talking business mindset, personal mindset? She said, mindset. Leave it open. Beautiful. What am I going to write about? Of course I'm in. I've got that bug. So my, my chapter in that one is called I Can Run. And it was how I had to change my mindset from being a non-runner to running three half marathons. Ooh. Yeah, so it wasn't only my body that had to get used to that change. It was my mind. I had to look at things like nutrition, hydration. What clothes do I wear? What shoes do I wear? As silly as it sounds, what socks do I wear? What what underwear do I wear? Because you don't want to be chafed when you're running 25 kilometres. So that was a, a different style again, but it was on mindset. It was how I had to train my mind to believe that I could achieve that. I'd never run more than 10 kilometres. In the lead up to that, I ran fives, eights, tens, 14 kilometres, and my training runs were about 19 kilometres. So that's 16 miles, I think it is, for a half marathon where you are. So that that book was called I Did It, and it was all around mindset. So that was late 2020 and... Um, like I said, Trisha, Trish Springsteen, who you'd had on earlier, had uh, been thinking about um, a book. She approached me and she said, 
I'm putting this together. What do you think? And I said, I'm in. And that was forever changed by suicide. And I had lost a brother to suicide. So this was my story about his passing had impacted me. And the reason I'll, I did that one is I want the blame, the shame and the guilt to be put aside. Aww. Whether you're a, one that's been left behind or whether you are a survivor, the guilt, the shame and the blame has got to go. And we can't have it as a taboo subject. So that was that opportunity. And at a similar time as Trish was putting that one together, I was approached by the publisher of Business Warriors and she said, I've got this lady putting this book together and it's Mother's Making a Difference. I really think you'd be a good fit. I'm like, oh, okay. Put me in touch. So she did. And I spoke to Jess. Her, that lady's name is Jess Cermak. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to Jess and I said, tell me more, tell me more. And it was for women who, mothers, who have made a difference in the lives of others. So have they had a children with a child with a disability and they've worked through and got a new program up and running or they've had adversity in their life and they've overcome that adversity? Most of them were stories of almost hero stories in that they've overcome adversity and I said I've been very blessed Jess I don't want to write from that perspective I want to write about identity Uh and to put labels on if you ask a woman what do you do oh I'm a mum I'm a teacher I'm this or I'm that and I said to her I want to talk about identity because women do tend to label themselves and I want to let them know that they are so much more than that. So my chapter in that is called Who Am I? And it really is letting women know that they are so much more than a label or a tag or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Very last chapter in the book, and she said, we've put it there for a reason because it actually sums up all of the stories in that women are more than a woman, a mother. So... That was, that was a beautiful book. There was David's, this book that we're doing now, and David had said to me, would I write a case study? And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Do you want a chapter? No, no, a case study, he said, <laughs> which apparently is turning out almost like a chapter anyway, similar to you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Again, it's how I have transitioned through my life and I've now found my passion and that is writing. So it has been quite a transition for me. Like I said, I was 60 when I wrote my first book. I've got six published there now. I write for a, an online magazine called Disruptive Author and in that it's Have You Found Your Happiness? So it's hints and tips on how to find your happiness. And since that as well, um, so David's will be number seven. Um, David actually put me in contact with somebody else and I'm writing a chapter on, well, I have written a chapter on gratitude. That's in editing phase. I've also written a chapter on inspiration and in, an, insp- an inspiring life. And that is um, 
what has inspired me and how I aspire to inspire others. So there's that one coming out. And then there's another one coming out on Mother's Day and it's called A Mother's Journey. And I think David actually put me in contact with that lady as well. So by the time Mother's Day comes around next year in May, I'll have 10 books. Oh, God. And then I decided I'd take my writing to another level and I now have two clients that I'm ghostwriting for. So I'm actually writing their stories. So I've expanded my writing Oh, wow. And my passion. <laughs> oh, oh, God bless you, dear. Ten bestsellers to be. That's amazing. Oh, God. I think so, A bit of a long story, but yeah, like I said, I've been around the planet a few times. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. I don't mind when people tell me about their bestsellerships. It makes me inspired. That's why I'm almost seven times done. Mm-hmm. This oh. was a bug. Oh, yes. It's Tell me about it. Oh, God. I keep on telling this story, but I love telling it. So I am a type 2 diabetic, or I used to be, excuse me, used to be a type 2 diabetic. All I did was take something like this, then, mm-hmm. and just write in something like this. A jerk. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just I'm a journaler. Hey kids, roll with your own time. But anyways, back to the story at hand. So I'm just writing almost practically every single day. And unbeknownst to me, I'm starting to set up my own destiny. And along comes a certain Blair Hayes into the mix. And my Black Lions Roar goes from 17K. Uh, solo books have I've uh, paid unknowingly final chapter in a book called They Are Magic. I said, excuse me when I first heard, heard that. I thought I was going to be the opening chapter after a certain somebody chimed in uh, in camera. He said, uh, Zachary Shiloh, because Blair was asking at the time. And I said, uh, Larkins, is it a certain roar? And she said, no, congratulations, your last. I, I still join out every single time I tell that story because it's the truth. And I, and I do appreciate that my chapter was the last one. I never thought in my wildest dreams when I sent Black Lions Roar to Blair that I even would be the last. I thought, if anything, I'd probably be the first chapter because I was the quote-unquote first male in that actual book series. So yeah. why not start it off with me? But then I found out, and it's very humble that every yeah. single book that I've been in with Larkin, I've been high rank. This one that's uh, out now, I'm like the sixth chapter, and uh, I kind of laugh at my position because of our book. And we're talking about that short. Oh God. I'm the sixth chapter in a final book. I couldn't have asked for any better. I thought that was going to be my sixth bestseller. So it would have mm-hmm. been sixth chapter, sixth book, sixth bestseller. Yeah. But because of uh, technical difficulties and all of us being introverted. <laughs> there's, there's always technical difficulties. <laughs> Especially when we're tech, when we're, uh, introverts 
Yeah. Especially our publishers, who I love fully. And don't think I'm trying to hurt you too. I'm just saying it on the bottom up for you. I understand what you two are going through, but somebody had to speak up in there. Yeah, you know, I've like I said, in Mothers Making a Difference on the last chapter, in a couple of the compilations, um, they've done it so pardon <coughs> me, each author gets to be the first. And then you get your name on, on the cover. So I've been first, I've been last, and I've been somewhere in between. And to me, it doesn't really matter. Oh, man. I've had the joy of writing and the privilege of being published. So I hear you. And when I look at my mm. bestsellerships, uh, Millie DeVoe, or the former Millie Dorsal Walks, as I used to call her, mm-hmm. she actually asked me one day, she says, Zach, why does your bestsellerships mean so much to you? I said, uh, Melly Love, I had just a taste of one. Just mm. one. And I wanted more. It was an internal. That's number one. Number two, it's a justification of a near two-year journey. Number three, it's justification of being very successful in our industry, writing in it. Number four, to catch up to a certain uh, Polish mom who lives in Scotland, but now presently is uh, moving God knows where. So I was actually finished with uh, Letters of Love, I believe, but I was on the road to its release. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm standing in uh, Amazon's Staten Island warehouse and I'm thinking about my dear friend of Polish and how much I wanted to be like her because our book, me and her, uh, we actually were in the same book called Ascension 2. I had half of what she's had, which was six. So I had three. So I wanted to catch up to it. But I realized that Rebel Romance, this beautiful erotica book that's coming out in January after our book, Terry, comes out, uh, that would be my seventh. That would be my seventh. I said, excuse me. That's my seventh. That's cool beans. But then I thought of my dear friend, the Polish lover, and I said, Ooh, no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it's going to be mine and hers. My seventh, her seventh, and our second together. This is great beans. Yeah. But the ultimate. Every time you publish, is great. Yeah, but the thing that I actually am 34 years old and I have seven, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I exceeded my Polish love. My Polish love, she actually had like a six by the time she was 35. But like I, I, said, I didn't start till I was 60 and I've got 10. God bless you. You're too late. <laughs> God bless your husband, by the way. Uh, back to the story at hand. All right, so uh, the Polish love, my beloved Polish love. Uh, she's had six, and we are getting ready to have our seventh in the form of Rebel Romance. And it hit me that not only are we getting ready to tie each other for a brand new book, I was thinking about some of the biggest influences in the world. 
that are big in the self-help universe. Right? Mm -hmm. One of them, I keep on saying community problems because it should be heard around me, is named Mary Ann Williams. Yeah. She is a published 13 times author. Out of those 13, the number that were bestsellers is seven. And when that stat hit, I almost fell on my knees because my Polish love, my unforgettable Polish love, and I are getting ready to tie with one of the greatest self-help teachers in the world. Yeah. And it awes me that we're tying with them in January on the 21st. And when that really hits, I don't know how to feel beyond overjoyed for Polish Lebanon. But then as I was waiting for letters of love to be released, I felt like Alexander the Great. I keep on repeating myself on these episodes now, but it's well worth the, me saying so. I felt like Alexander the Great. I've done everything in the co-writing world. After listening to one Dr. John Gray, author of uh, <clears throat> Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, talk about his regret that his wife did not get any contribution rights for helping them make that successful series. And when she died, that bothered him. It ate him for years. And he did apologize to her as she was on her deathbed. But she said, it's okay, it's okay. But it still bothered him years later. So to some degrees or another, that's what inspired me to get into co-authoring. And I never regretted it. But now, after all those co-authorings, I could hear a And I've seen the likes of you. I've seen the likes of Trish. To some degrees or another, the likes of David. My dear friend, Melly DeVoe. My dear friend, Veronica sanchez Dorados, my, my, my mentor, Blair Hay. Uh, my friend Stephanie Mahoney, my dear, dear friend, uh, Dr. Marion Nestor. All of you had one thing in common besides being successful in the cooperative. Either you've already had or are in the process of having solo books in the works. Yeah. And when that hit me, I said, well, that's what I gotta do. I've done the seven Black Lions Roars. It's time for me to go solo. I wanted to do a solo book with my Polish love, but she said no. <laughs> she said no. It's not a solo book. <laughs> exactly. I know, but it would have been like a collaboration between me and her yeah. on a solo tip without her friend Jan, our dear mm -hmm. friend Jan, and other people. It would have been me and her alone. Like in the tape, except that we're telling the world uh, how he became successful in my mind. But I could hear this again. And that seven co-authorings are now going to be my solo story. 
I want to tell how I went through every single one of them to get to that point. And people are saying to me, that's going to be your best eight seller. That's going to be your eight seller. So it's time for you to go sell. And I said, yep, that's my life for you. <laughs> that knocking's getting louder. Yes, it is. And that's why I did what I did about a few weeks, a month ago. Where I had to a bus over two people. <laughs> yeah, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but I love them wholly. That's why I had to do it. That's why I had to do it. I had to get on David and Jay. I had to, because if they didn't hear somebody at some point, it would have almost taken another year. And I would have been like, no, no, I yeah. needed the seven Black Lions roars to do my solo. No, I'm hearing you. I need them. I need them. As much as they were a blessing to get, they were really scary to get to. Like this book, Igniting the Passion, you and Trish already had your chapters done. Yeah. That's, that was over a year, according to our dear unicorn. Yes. It's been quite a while, yes. And I know you two, you don't want to wait. <laughs> you don't want to wait, no more. I can tell Munya um, uh, Dongokan from Zimbabwe, he don't want to wait no more. Yeah, so, it's, it's been a long time. It has been a long time. Oh, yes, it has been. And if somebody didn't speak up, it would have been maybe I'd taken you to you and a unicorn up almost two years. It would have taken me over a year and everybody else, only God knows what. I don't know yeah. where Munya, Abby, and uh, Cheryl fit in with Jack. But the bottom line is we have a date now. And I'm happy. Which is fantastic. It's fant it'll be a great way to start off the year. Oh, God. And to think of the actual process of it, I still am in awe that it's not like a prototypical journal. Or no, it's, it's an actual interview. Like, well, that, that's what I say. It was David contacted me and he said, would I be interested in doing a case study? From my understanding, it appears that it's almost a standalone, I'll say chapter. Um, of my journey. Yeah. Oh, God. He, yeah. I wrote to I wrote to the interview questions, and that's how I wrote it. But I it wasn't like question answer question answer question. It was my story. So yeah. Oh, well, I actually a way of doing it. It was a different way of doing it. So. When I think about my actual chapter, I was reading those questions and I kind of got stumped. I did my best the first round I did, but then I got stumped and I said, oh, I got nothing to say quite so much. And then uh, thank God in a sense that David didn't have a deadline because I were a problem. <laughs> but I did look at things in the long run. I got Rebel Romance and Magical Miracles done. Mm -hmm. Because my writing style went from Wildfire to Inferno. And then I saw them as a bridge 
to uh, Ignite in the Past, I thought, all right, Ignite in the Past you can tease Magical Miracles. Magical Miracles can tease Double Romance. Let's do a bridge like that. So I actually did start using certain people that are aforementioned in those two books that are, were supposed to be after our book. But uh, certain things happened and... <laughs> things happen for a reason. I know. <laughs> things happen for a reason. So this could be the best thing that could have happened for us. It'll start off the year for us, get the ball rolling, and there you go. A different pathway. You got that right. Oh yeah. God. When I think of that, it's a blessing in disguise. I will not lie. It's a blessing. Mm. Uh but those questions. I actually keep on hinting at this and it's absolutely fun. My chapter, I answer the questions the best I can, but there's one question that David asks, and I don't remember which one it was, but there's a point where it almost sounds like it's it could be politically charged. So I okay. said, uh-oh, uh-oh, David, you crazy son of a gun. You know I don't like politics shit. <laughs> you know I don't like politics. But you want me to go there. Okay. Oh, here we go. And that could have depended on what was happening in your, the world at the time. I know, but still, either which way, if I read that question right, I said, no. Oh, all right, let's do a show. So then there was a disclaimer. I said, all right, basically, this is Zachary Shiloh or Zachary Shiloh Watts' opinion. Do not go after David Vine. Do not go after Jay Ma. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. This is my opinion. And then I just yeah. lay out what it was. And I had a good laugh after it was all said and done. My overall chapter, I love it. It it was a good point for me to actually have. Now that I'm looking at the seven books that I've been in, like I did my first book that was um, basically my relationship with the internet and how I got to my interview thing. That's your blessing, looking at how it changed me. Uh, after that was a tribute to a dear friend who, because of a uh, cancer. Uh, third was the book of me being a supernatural human being. Uh, fourth was a letter to the business industry. So I thought, okay, I've done two letters. I've done an ascension. I've done basically my rise to fame, quote unquote. What's the next point? And maybe it came, and that's how I actually did the interview. I said, okay, I know. Mm -hmm. Then after that comes the final magic book by Blair Hayes, and following, I was hoping was coming, is Rebel Romance, and that's an erotica, and I'm still jazzing out. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm in the sex book, so what? No, uh, complete sex. Mm. What do I say? It's not a complete sextacular. It's uh, got some meaning. My tattoo, I know that's if I actually can live in a different universe, I'd be with my Polish. And 
it's not just me wanting to insert my lower and her lower. It's me wanting to be with her. Like, what would we do if we had time together? How would we be together? And there's a point at the end, I'm not saying what it is, that that people may want tissues for. I'll leave it at that. All right. Been offered another opportunity next year as well to write in another compilation. Um, And it was (laughs) funny love stories. Oh, wow. Basically, how did you meet your partner? And um, this this publisher had put out a just a bit of a random out on Facebook and said, if we were to do a book about, you know, how you met your partner and have a good laugh, are there any good, any good funny stories about how you met your partner? And I just wrote back and went, yeah, I met mine in a phone box. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I literally did. And we're still together 40, almost 46 years later. So, you know, phone boxes aren't bad. So she contacted me privately and she said, would you seriously like to write a story about it? And I went, yeah, why not? I can do that. Oh, wow. You and Unicorn actually had uh, hubbies for the same amount of time. That's great. That's great. Of course, I was only 10 when I met him, right? (laughs) <laughs> oh wow and you know that's not true so <laughs> if that was the case i would have said god bless you hon you've had yeah. quite a relationship since you were we have we have we've got two two grown-up boys adult boys and five grandchildren so yeah, we're doing okay that's way way better that's way better than no care. Yeah, All so right. there's another compilation book next year. But with, with my ghostwriting, um, I was asked, one of the, the authors in the suicide book actually contacted me and she said, would I like to write a chapter in a book she was putting together? And I said, oh, it depends on what it is. And she said, family and domestic violence. And I said, no, not my genre. I've been very blessed. I've never had to experience it. So no. She said, oh, have you had any friends? And I went, yes, I have. And she said, could you write from that perspective? And I said, no, that's my perspective. It's not their story. I don't really know the facts of everything. So I said, no. No. I actually said no to writing. I decided I would go into ghostwriting and my two clients are both both survivors of domestic violence and they're getting me to write their story because writing their story is too triggering for them and I think me because I don't have the emotional attachment to what they went through so it's quite interesting where your writing can take I actually said no to writing about dv to having two clients with the same background. So oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so with my ghostwriting, I'm I'm taking on memoirs and more of that personal development, lifestyle, well-being. I'm not doing non-fiction. I'm only doing sorry. I'm not doing fiction. Right. I'm not doing fiction. I'm doing memoirs and lifestyle, well-being. 
That's that's my background. So yeah. Oh, that's great, James. And with that said, it is time to start wrapping this bad boy up. Mm-hmm. You gotta go have breakfast and be with your <laughs> All right. With that said, my dear, the ending has changed for months because of Zoom and people possibly not being able to hear me. Your hopes, my dear Terry Tonkin, my beautiful hun from Australia. What are your hopes for the future, dear? I'd like to expand my, my ghostwriting. I'm actually enjoying the that experience and I will continue writing in my own right as well. So mm-hmm. ghostwriters don't always get the, the accolades. Mm-hmm. They also get the pleasure and the joy and the excitement of... Um, telling a story because everybody has a story within them some people just don't know it oh that's the truth truth. i love that all right what that thank you very much appreciate it so great the opportunity hold on Um, hold on hold on there's only a few more things left and then oh there's a few more (laughs) there's a few more uh not now Mm -hmm. i'm not thinking right now in the next week to a month, can I have three people that's not in our cast that you think would be good for me to interview? Hmm. Any particular topic? Any particular topic, fun, and any age, too. Beautiful. Male or female? Male or female. You can even have transgender if you want. As long as they're she will definitely think about this. That's what matters. Yep. All right. And the last people, I've got a few people that in mind just popping through. So I'm gonna ping you in private about that. All right. What (laughs) can I, Zachary Shuttle or Zachary Shuttle Watts, what can I do for you going forward? What can I do? I think by by doing this podcast and letting people know that I'm a ghostwriter, that would be awesome. Okie dokie. That's fair. And I will, I will send through my email to you and people can contact me direct. All right. With that said, one goal, one aim, one row, one focus. Your beautiful Hans Kinsen loves out there. And that's loving. We don't need no royals. We don't need no donkeys or elephants. I keep on saying that time again. All we need is each other. And I love me some her. I love the people in this house. And I'm what they all call passionate. Even if it sounds like I was burying poor David Vine and Jay Ma for being introverted. We're all introverted in some uh, way. One song that actually stuck out to me says, uh, we're all introverted, but deep inside, we're all perverted. I'm not going after David and Jay just for the sake of no. hurting them. No, it's accountability. And we need more of that in those four. And it's actually said, supporting them. It's actually yeah, supporting, supporting them to move forward. And with that said, I have another guest that's waiting for me to actually let her in and uh terry has to go be with her hubby and kids for breakfast 
With that said, I will see you shortly for the next episode of Breakfast Club and Black Lions Don't Need. See you soon. Bye.